Humility was one of Swami Shivananda's most obvious traits. And I want to tell you about how it manifested in an amazing way during one morning satsang. At that time, because he wasn't at all well, Shivananda always sat in a chair during the satsangs. And because it was chilly, one of his garwa cloths, I think a dhoti, was spread over his legs and feet. A woman with the thickest eyeglasses I had ever seen was sitting over to one side facing Shivananda. Then at one point in the satsang, she crawled all the way over to Shivananda and began cleaning her glasses on his cloth. Swami Devananda, who was sitting on the other side of Shivananda, jumped up and swatted his hand at her. She retreated, way back to the other side of the room. Five or ten minutes later, she crawled back and again began cleaning her glasses on Shivananda's cloth. Again, Devananda jumped up and drove her away. Shivananda looked at him and then at her. Once more, after a while, she again crawled all the way over to Shivananda and started cleaning her glasses. So, once more, Devananda jumped up and started to swat at her, but instead Shivananda intervened and made a swatting motion toward Devananda, who instantly sat back down. Turning to the woman, Shivananda silently took hold of the cloth and held it out, indicating that she could do as she wanted. So she crawled back and very thoroughly cleaned her glasses. The amazing thing about all of it was Shivananda's manner. It indicated that it was completely reasonable for her to do that, that nothing could be more normal than for her to use his clothing to clean her glasses, that it was intended for that. This was Shivananda's entire life, service to others in every way possible. Swami Chidananda once said, day and night, his one thought was, how can I serve people more? Like God, with whom Shivananda was one, he was meant to serve that woman, to even belong to her. He was her very own, closer and dearer than any mere human could ever be. No wonder people often said, Om Namo Bhagavate Shivanandaya. In the devotional aspect of Indian religion, a great deal is said about the feet of God and the feet of the saints. The feet of God represent that which human beings can touch and experience. The idea being that the head of God is the divine transcendence, and the feet of God are the divine eminence in all relative existence. The feet of the saints are considered holy because the prana, the life force of human beings, flow powerfully from the hands and feet, and the life force of a knower of God is considered the life force of God and therefore divine. Also, the feet are in touch with the earth and considered dirty in ordinary people, but the holiness of the saints transfigures even that which is least honorable in them. 
The feet of holy people are touched in hope of receiving a spiritual benefit from their sacred prana and also to show that what is considered unclean in others is venerated in them. Consequently, it is the custom in India to honor spiritual teachers by performing a rite known as Pada Puja, worship of the feet. Made cynical by experience with Western Christianity, pilgrims to India are quick to see egotism and hypocrisy where they often are not. As the old adage says, the burned child fears the fire. However, I had so no such fears when I was told that there would be a Pada Puja of Shivananda the next day in his kutir. Even though I went at what I thought was early, the entire room was nearly filled and I had to sit nearly at the back. Shivananda was already seated at the front, his feet in magnificent silver sandals, which I learned later those doing the puja had bought, as well as all the other offerings that were spread out on huge trays on the floor. Naturally, I was watching Shivananda. The moment the puja began, the great master turned his head slightly to the right, looked up, and became completely immobile. It was like he was turned to stone. His eyes didn't blink, nor could I see any kind of breathing. It was obvious to me that Shivananda had fled away, leaving God alone to receive the worship. I wish I had the ability to go back to those awesome minutes. When after about 30 minutes, the puja ended, Shivananda moved and turned and looked at everyone with a radiant countenance. Then he began to speak with various devotees in a completely natural and relaxed manner, kind, humorous, and loving. Over many years, I've heard a lot of talk about perfect masters but I can say that I've actually seen one, Swami Shivananda Saraswati. He was so divine, so radiant, that at every moment you were aware that you were in the presence of a being with absolute consciousness, with total perfection. In other words, a liberated master, one with God, himself a manifestation of God, as, of course, were we, though we didn't realize it. But in him, God was revealed not concealed as in us. When the time finally came that I had to leave Shivananda and return to Hardwar, he very seriously and emphatically said to me, you should take sannyas just as soon as possible. He said this because he knew that my time in India was running out, although I was hoping to stay permanently. Confident that his words were wisdom and truth, I decided in that very moment to do as he directed. How I would manage, I had no idea. Nearly all my life, I had known I would lead the life of a monk, but I was, I was only 22, and the Hindu monastic ideal was extremely high, I knew. Yet here was a God-realized master telling me to become a Swami, and soon... As I saluted him, Shivananda repeated his advice, insisting that I soon become a sannyasi. He asked me, will you do this? 
Of course, I said, yes, Swamiji. And he said, very good. A few months later, I was preparing to leave India because I couldn't get a visa extension. Early one morning then, I was in a tonga, that's a small horse-drawn kind of semi-carriage. Anyway, I was in a tonga headed towards Shivananda Ashram. I followed the advice of Swami Shivananda and was now Swami Nirmalananda Giri. At the morning satsang several times, Swami Shivananda turned to me and said, Swami Nirmalananda Giri, I am so happy, I am so happy. At the end of the satsang, I said goodbye to him, knowing that I would never bow at those feet again, or hear that beloved voice, or see that blessed smile. Two weeks later, on the plane flying out of Calcutta, the bursar came to my seat. I recognized her as having been one of the visitors to Shivananda Ashram while I was staying there. Did you know that Swami Shivananda left his body a day or so ago, she asked. The earth was bereft of one of its greatest treasures. A little over 50 years have passed, years in which I've so often yearned to see and hear and touch once again that fount of life that was Swami Shivananda Saraswati. May we meet again is my hope and my prayer.